I want you to take a moment and I want you to look each other in the eyes. I want you to put each other in your hearts forever because forever is about to happen here in just a few minutes. And that is the way we have begun the WMPV Intelligence or pregame show or scoreboard show for the last, uh, I would say, 10, 12 years. And uh, that is the way we will begin here our happy hour. This is our, I don't, uh, we don't want to call it a farewell show. We want to talk about having some good memories over the last 20 years. Obviously, WMPV closed uh, business uh, last night. And uh, my partner, Jeff Nolan, uh, who has been the host of the show, I'm Kevin Cooney, uh, has been there for the ride. Jeffrey, how are you? Good. And it's not the XM version either. Let's keep that in mind. No, we're, we're, we're going to try to keep it That's been bantered around over years. It has. Uh, Jeff, what's your feelings today? You know, kind of the day after here. Well, I haven't started to apply for unemployment yet, so I'm not frustrated. But uh, it's uh, time to move on, time to do something different. You never know where you're going to land, buddy, but you got to jump first. Uh, as you can see, if you're going to be seeing this on Facebook live and, and in other forms, uh, over the next couple hours, uh, we have a whole bounty of people, uh, who have joined us here, uh, for this show. And we, we tried to keep it in segments. So some of them will be joining in and out. Some will be going in, some will be going out, but in our first segment here, uh, let's introduce, uh, the people who have been, uh, instrumental at the start and, and have been with us in a way since we started this show 20 years ago. And uh, Jeff, you can take it from here if you want. Oh, this is cool. All right. So this started through the Nauticom Sports Network. And uh, WNPV was one of eight or ten affiliates. And we did the scoreboard show from there. So it started with, um, you have to remind me, it was you and I that hosted first, you, right? Yeah, we were the first two. Okay. Um, and then Dan, and then our guest. Yep. Our guest, Dan five years Yep. Dan was a contributor. Okay. A lot of central bucks West stuff. Okay. Uh, and then Dan hosted after you for quite a few years. So that's Dan's role. Dave Collins and I were radio partners prior to, and we needed a strong engineer, somebody with a lot of, a lot of technical savvy. So Dave would do that. And I will just remind Dave, Dave and I go back this far, three, two, one, four makes five. He'll know what that means. Um, and then we've got Travis Sparks. Travis was, instrumental early and as we continued because he always contributed the scores from the coal region and when we went solo when we went to WNPV solo he still contributed scores and promotions and that's why we wanted Travis with us and so that is our first segment let's welcome from uh let's start from Colorado are you outside Denver Dan yeah, halfway between Denver and Colorado Springs. And we got him early before his bedtime hit. It's it's Dan Morehouse. Dan, how are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Considering the state of the world right now, Joanne and I are doing great. And, and, great. We, sh- and we should point out, we were going to do this live in studio last Friday night um, as a goodbye in a way, but obviously the pandemic hit and access to the studio was kind of limited. Correct, Jeffrey? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, we were not letting people in unless they came in unannounced. Uh, so that's why this show is taking place in this form. Uh, Travis Sparks is joining us from Coal Country. Where exactly in Coal Country are you? I'm no longer in Coal Country. I'm in York County now. 
Oh, are you? I, that's yeah, such a big difference, you know. <laughs> oh, dude, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, Travis, how are you doing? Obviously, uh, I'm doing fine, sir. Great to be with you. And then uh, joining us, Dave Collins with the lighthouse in the background. Are you up in uh, New England right now? I am uh, on Nantucket Island. Yeah, about a half mile from where that picture was taken a couple weeks ago. He keeps on walking by Bill Belichick's house. That's not a joke either. I'm serious. He's about a half mile away from where I am. And you're a Jeff fan, so it's stalking and criminal probably. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to stop by and uh, leave a paper napkin note on his uh, on his doorway. I resign. I, I resign, yeah. <laughs> as mayor of the village. Yep. Uh, so uh, I, I guess, uh, Jeff, you want to lead it off with the questions here? No, it just I would start with, with Dave. The technical end was – so messed up because nobody in Pittsburgh ever got anything right. Yeah. So how it really started, Jeff, is when we were at another station, WBCB, mm. uh, we were following a hockey team, Father Judge, for the Flyers Cup playoffs, and they qualified for the state championship. So there were three games in a row out at whatever it was, the Mellon we Arena the in Pittsburgh. We were at the Eagle. Yeah. So we went out there and we saw um, some other broadcasters that were focused on the Western Pennsylvania teams doing the games in the press box, like two or three slots down from where we were. And one of them was Nauticom. So we went back after the, uh, after all three of the Eastern Pennsylvania teams got beat, we went back and did some research and found out about these, this Nauticom sports company outside of Pittsburgh. And that's how it all got put together with WNPV being the affiliate. WBCB in Levittown, we were trying to work out with them if we could do it, but they were more focused on Pensbury and the Chamonix, and, you know, those were the teams that they followed and a little bit of Mercer County, New Jersey stuff. So we approached Phil up in Lansdale, Phil Hunt, the general manager of WNPB, mm-hmm. and he said, you know, we already do these North Penn and Lansdale Catholic games, but I want to be associated with sort of like a regional or statewide network. So that's how it got started under the Nauticom brand back in 2000. And Jeff recruited me to come over saying, hey, you know, this could lead to a bigger opportunity because we're going to have 10 to 12 um, games or reporters calling in each night from around the state doing basically a state wrap-up show on Friday night. Eastern, eastern part. We had the eastern Yeah, we, had, we were in charge of the eastern part. So we would send Daryl Dobas and other people up to Mannheim, or out to Mannheim Central and then up to – And for the record, he still came back, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> he, oh, and he told us all about it on the way home too. Um, but that's how that's how we got started at uh, at WNPV for the very first year. And yeah, the technical stuff. There were challenges. Um, they were supposed to have satellite dishes. Remember Jeff? And then yeah. it turned into um, just you calling in over the phone. But you know, the phone number that you have that two six seven number, Jeff, is from Nauticom. I mean, you inherited that from twenty years ago. Yeah, that's true. One number I've ever known, and you've still had it all these years. So. And for the coaches that are with us, we expanded into Florida, Ohio, Texas, right? Yeah, and with, under the Nauticom brand. The yeah. Nauticom brand, and we were the second most active and watched and listened to area. We beat Texas, we beat Florida, we beat Ohio. We had more participants and more listeners than all those people. We couldn't beat Western PA, though. Right, because they were established. This was yeah. they were like in their fifth or sixth year. Well, it gives um, credit to the football fans in this part of the country. But we'd have reporters calling in each night. Um, we were technically only supposed to go to eleven o'clock because we were part of a an Eastern Pennsylvania network with um, little stations out in Lebanon, Pennsylvania, and I think we had a, an affiliate in York and up towards we had an affiliate in Eastern Pennsylvania too. So they would all join after their 
games were actually over, and we were like yeah. the original post-game show that would run until um, 11 o'clock, and then it would stop on the dot. And then, you know, after it just got sort of crunched down into WNPV, that's when you guys would go until... And I was one after I left, you know, I was sort of in charge of the Shamity or Pensbury recap. So I would call in in the mid 2000s to give you recaps of those games while you guys were doing the North Indies or the Lansdale Cup. And let, let me take let me take this to Dan now. Uh, Dan, you yeah. were Dan, you were covering CB West at that point, correct? I was up until um, I think 2002 for, for a rag of a paper over that way. It's no longer in business. Um, and then, wait, wait, wait. There's a newspaper that's not in business. Get out of here. No, this went, this went out of business a long time ago. I know. Still. I, I, had, I had found out about Jeff's website and contacted him to see if he needed any, you know, any articles written for the website. He put me in touch with Daryl, and um, I wrote, I think, just one maybe. But from there, I, I, I got to know Jeff. And then in 03, Kevin, I don't know if you remember this or not, you could not do the you could not do the title game show with North Penn because you had a writing assignment. Yeah, I think you had something with the paper. So Jeff asked me to come in and sit in, and I did. And then the next year, that I was in there for good until 2012, and that was the RC Lagomarsino show with the Lansdale <laughs> Catholic winning the title. And that and that was a that was a I mean a, 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 that was the heyday really. I mean yes, when we got. Yeah, now, yeah. I, I remember our first year actually at Nauticom, Jeff, where um, that was the year I kept thinking CB West would eventually lose because it, they were due to lose at some point. And it was the infamous, I think they were playing Downingtown in the in the district final. That was, that, our first year was Mike's. Mike's Nauticom. year. That was Mike's, Mike carried on to the state finals. And, and, I'm, I'm Brian, I'm right there, right? In 2000, they went to the state finals and lost in overtime. And that was the year where... Um, Somebody at Downingtown allegedly put the uh, dead deer <laughs> yeah. on the field before the district title game, and it was one of the great all-time motivating moments because Downingtown was rolling and it got them going. And uh, but really, that was ninety. That was ninety six, wasn't it, Kevin? When that happened? No, that was that was ninety nine or two thousand. I think Joe Heyer actually did the game um, for us with. Uh, with, if I'm not mistaken, with uh, with Jim, correct, Jeff? 96 was the year that Downingtown did come to uh, CB West, though. Uh, but CB West fell to Downingtown that year. Yeah. Right. Downingtown was... won the state title, didn't they, Brian, that year? Yes, they did. Yeah. So, that that but that was one of the early moments of, like, that was one of the early, like, standout moments that I remember was the old deer, the, the deer slaughter on uh, War Memorial's field. Well, I had I had Bandgate, which was uh, oh, I was at that one. Yeah, North Penn was at Pensbury, and uh, the coach accidentally bumped into one of the band members. Oh gosh, yeah, brouhaha, and he had to come down to court and everything else like that. And thank God that was cleared up. But that was our big moment. That was a that was a coordinated uh, march on the field by the band director at Pensbury. It was a little. I want to ask Travis, how did you you got involved with us? You and I had met previously through television correct we had met once or twice doing the service electric actually we got we go back to 2000 uh and i wrote down a, a list of games that i remember the most uh and back in 2000 for you did for nauticom i did for t102 uh the game right. uh, marion versus penn argyle 
the one, uh, the place that's in the side of the Appalachian Trail. And Been there, yeah. Yeah, you and I were both on the outside of the press box because we had three TV stations, oh, two radio that. stations, and a bunch of writers. And I saw you and – I it might have been Dan who was there, too. I can't no, remember. No, it was a um, guy from the Lehigh Valley whose uh, cousin played in Drunken uh, Miller. Okay. Yeah. So you two guys were out there. And I thought, you know what, the only way my field guy is going to see me is if I'm outside as well. So there I was outside with you, maybe about 20 feet away. And right. if I took one step forward, I was going 50 feet down in the top row of stands. That's how you and I met. And then okay. uh, you and I uh, would Ke- and Kyle, we'd see each other at a bunch of games that we did for Service Electric. I was your stat guy once or twice. And then... Uh, I would call in to score. I, I would call in scores, even call in game reports uh, for the games that I did. Cause there was about a good five, six years that I would commute from here in York up to uh, the Allentown area for games. And then I'd mm. call in my reports to you and, and I, I text you and tweet you any, uh, any scores that I had. So yeah. Our, yeah. Our relationship goes back a good 20 years. Yeah. That, and a major contributor as far as promoting outside of our area. Travis was huge on that. Absolutely. And I think Jeff, when it comes down to it and everybody else who's on this panel can chime in those West years, which kind of led into the North Penn years were so critical for us to get a foothold. It, 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 yeah. Hang up your phone. <laughs> no, it's my wife. My wife works from home. Okay. Then, then please tell Joanne I didn't say a word. Um, <laughs> it was critical for us though, because it gave us a little bit, it gave us deep runs and it gave us a foothold on what was a statewide platform as we moved on. Would you agree, Jeff? I would, Central joke. Bucks West was the groundwork and then North Penn, at least at that point, uh, kind of kept us recognized, but we had great games. I mean, you know, Ed and Georgia with us right now, yeah. I mean, there was such a flurry of great games that you it's hard to really sit there and, and point to anyone. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, Dan, you were around those West teams. What was it like on a daily basis with them? Well, they were the talk of the town from summer camp until they would win the title. And, you know, the, the uh, they used to joke that the pocket schedules had 15 weeks of football on them, you know, cause it was just assumed that they would go through the playoffs and get the Hershey and win. And everybody was shocked in 2000 when they lost in overtime, but it was, uh, and my daughter was there. My daughter was in school there, too. I was covering the, the games. She was a cheerleader. So, you know, it was like a, a whole big family thing we had going on. And I just remember it as being a great time. It was just a great time. And I never, I thought they would win no matter what, you know, they were really ever behind. But every game, you just assumed they were going to win. They were that good. Hey, what? Go ahead, Kev. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to ask, what game was it that Jim Church knocked Tim Ford off the stool? Does anybody remember that story? Last minute touchdown. When did they win on a last minute touchdown? Was it Erie Cathedral? Or no, it was um, Allentown Central Catholic. Brian's got to have this. Brian, when when did they win on the last minute play or something like that for a championship game? Yeah, state like an East game. final. I think it was well, actually that, East final. No, it was a state final. I state final was nineteen ninety nine. Oh, they, no, you, no, you know what it was. You know what it was, Brian. It was the semifinals. In Hershey, before going to Altoona, when they beat Central Dolphin. Oh, in overtime. Yeah, because yeah, Dave yeah. Armstrong had the flu and he played through the flu. Right, and they were down twenty-one to six at the half, and they won in overtime. Yeah, that hey, was boy, a comeback what about game. A, what about a block plunk? Block. That was that was the Erie Cathedral. Oh, that was that was, 
That was Erie Cathedral Prep right. in 99. Okay, so that's the game that Jim Church and Tim Ford are doing the game. And on that call, Schwam, you've had to have heard this, where Jim gets so excited, he throws his arm out and knocks Tim off the stool, totally onto the ground. That's a true story. That's impressive. It, Give it's, the man some credit. He hit him well. Was the only, gravity. It was the only time he couldn't say, Tim, tell him what happened. <laughs> I'm on the floor. I can't tell you. <laughs> so let, let's shift this over. Travis, thank you. Uh, Dan, Dan, I know you're going to hang in there for a bit. Uh, hey, can I, can I just congratulate Travis? And since he's gotten married, congratulations to that. And, and how many more 300 games on the uh, bowling? That's a sore subject right now because I can't bowl. And I had my best year. I had four this year. Wow. And I'm up to 11 overall. Uh, but still congratulations on the marriage buddy it's eight years now but thank you i I haven't talked to you that much (laughs) (laughs) things i remember happened during the scoreboard years i i agree hey it's been it's been great helping you guys out uh you know i remember uh going back to uh the uh, rc lagabasino years i had kyle on my show on wppa a couple times talking uh, about them and uh uh, th- those were good times. And then any, I, I rooted for North Penn to get to the quad a final just so I could see you guys every once in a while. And, uh, and, you know, Kyle had he, and the, the, the prep that Kyle did. I mean, I, I don't know what size you could make. I mean, you could put uh, like a big bowling ball box, you know, a four ball case. I mean, that size of uh, cardboard that we, he would have with all stats and things like that. It was at least that big. And just to see that thing every week, like, oh, my goodness, all that prep to go into it. Salute to you, Kyle. It, it, great, it's been great to help you guys all along the way. And hopefully we all get together again sometime to talk high school football. T-Sparks, we will. Thanks, Travis. Uh, Jeff, I'm trying to get the uh, – we're having trouble with the Facebook feed. Can you introduce our uh, coaching guests here? Oh, man, I'd love to. Some of my favorite coaches. I got Ed Gallagher, who sat through – what was that, Ed? A 0-10 season the first year? 11. 11. Yeah. Then he comes back and he gets, starts making the playoffs on a semi-regular basis there. That was uh, that was cool. George Bannis from Quakertown. Uh, George, you and I had the conversation how many times watching that program grow. I'm talking to a man that would walk into the school and start pulling kids off the side. You're playing football. You're playing football. You're playing football. Guys, welcome. It's great to have you guys here. It really is. Um, how's everybody surviving? What's going on? Your family's okay and everything? Whoever wants to take it first, go ahead. All right. Well, yeah, things are going pretty well. Just get out for a walk every once in a while. I'm trying to exercise, but it's it's really not working. Uh, you know, <laughs> exercise even for an hour a day, that's 23 hours I'm sitting on my butt, either at a computer or, you know, binge watching shows. So it's really not, yeah, it's not working. And, and, I hear you. <laughs> and, and How about uh, things are going well, you know, family up and downs. Uh, I got a senior, an eighth grader, and a second grader. So trying to do distance learning with uh, those three is is quite a challenge. Um, some days are better than others, but uh, like Ed said, uh, you know, you get outside, you try to do, you know, one, two, three walks a day at least. Um, I've gotten a lot of things off the honey to-do list um, <laughs> completed finally after coaching football all these years. Oh man, and, we sh- and I should point out how impressive I am that of everybody here except for for uh, Dave Collins, these two have the best looking backdrops uh, for the Zoom meeting that I've that in this uh, 
in this uh, meeting we're just, here. We're just trying to class it up for you, Kevin. <laughs> I, I, I hear you. Uh, guys, what, I mean, this is normally the time of year, I guess you're in the weight room a lot with your guys. I'm starting to think of passing camps. You know, obviously graduation coming up for your seniors and everything, but how weird is it right now, given what the circumstances are, um, you know, to, to be in this spot? You know that that you don't know you don't know where the schedule goes from here. It's it's very weird and it's very frustrating, but there's really not much we can do. You know, I'm sure George will say the same thing. But yeah, you try to give the kids workouts to do, but you can't watch them do them. I mean, you know, they're posting some things for us so we can see a little bit of what they're doing. Give some uh, Zoom meetings with them, which is why I have this background to at least interact with them a little bit and. Um, it's just, it's not the same, you know, missing the kids, missing the workouts, just the whole camaraderie of it is, is out the window right now, you know, even just in small groups. George. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, we're doing, you know, four at home workouts a week and Thursday nights, like last night I was on Google meet for two and a half hours by position groups. Um, I mean, it is great to see the kids faces um, because that's what we're limited to. But it doesn't take place of, you know, Wednesday night, you know, O-line and skill workouts on the on the stadium uh, turf and being in the weight room around each other. Um, it's it's what we're allowed to do as of right now. And, you know, we're trying to look forward, hopefully, to July 1st as um, sort of a date that we can reunite. Are you guys planning for any possible readjustments to the schedules at all? Well, as George said, July 1st is where the PAA is left it for now, and that's just the tentative restart date of sports. So, you know, if that's the case, you know, we're, we're going to have to squeeze a lot of what we planned on doing in the spring into, you know, into July and early August. So, you know, a lot of times we, we like to give the kids off the week before uh, before we start camp, and I, I don't know how that's going to be possible this year. We're just, you know, it's been really, it's going to be really tight, and I just I just hope we have a season. I mean, that's that's the biggest concern for me you know I know we talked before we got started here but that's the priority we need we need to keep football going we need to keep you know we need to have some social interaction just be smart about it I think it's going to happen I think I agree with George I think it will happen in the next uh, month or so things are going to settle down and open up a little bit more for us so you know it's going to be a different it's been a different off season and even leading up to the season it'll be, it'll be completely different George how flexible do you guys have to be um, going forward here with the schedule constraints the uncertainty and the idea that your schedule may get shortened from you know all you know late august to maybe the end of september or october before you end up playing games that's what i've communicated with the players is we got to be flexible right now we have a july 1 date as you know a hopeful reuniting to get on the practice field whether that's 10 guys at a time or 25 guys at a time that remains to be seen. Um, and then we're planning on, you know, we usually give them those couple of weeks off before camp starts. We talked about not being able to do that this year, that we're going to have to keep rolling right through into heat week. Um, but being flexible. And, and I told the kids that I said, we're going to prepare for the soonest comeback as possible. And then, we'll be ready for whenever those games uh, scrimmages or camp is allowed to be held. We'll be ready to roll into that. Um, but I did tell them we have to be flexible, um, but I'm not going to not prepare, you know, that, that holds, you know, saying 
about, you know, failure to plan is a plan to fail. So we definitely are, are planning and adjusting on a day-to-day basis. Hey, Kev, let me, let me jump in here real quick because I'm going to ask the doomsday question. Heaven forbid there was no season this year. How does it affect recruitment and, and how do you help a, a player at that point? Well, uh, again, it's, it's going to be really hard for the, uh, the rising senior that's, that, hasn't, that doesn't have any videotape. I mean, realistically, we have a bunch of kids coming back that, that have some video from their junior year. So if nobody's playing this year, at least they'll have a leg up on their, some of their classmates. But, you know, it's a tough situation. You know, I, I, look, you know, I look at it as I'm hoping we have a season, but there's not much – we have no control over that right now. Right. Look at the spring, the spring sport guys that that have that lost their entire season right now. But those are the kids I feel for. You know, my my old line coach's son, Stephen Blue, was a uh, was like two goals short of being a you know setting the school record uh, for goals in lacrosse, and he tore his ACL last year and missed most of his junior year. This was his senior to come back and you know and shine, and he 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 you know he lost his entire season. So you know, there'll be pieces like that everywhere, and you, you just hope that. You know, hope that the kids that, that that are coming back that have some film, they'll be able to be recruited, you know, in a similar way just based on earlier tape. Let me let me bring Kyle in here because Kyle obviously is dealing with this a little bit on the administrative end on the other way uh, at North Penn. Kyle, I mean, how much of what you guys are doing now is kind of looking at what the landscape may be for a landscape you don't know in September? Well, that's the thing. We don't know. Um, you know, North Penn, where I work, just decided um, their plans for commencement um, after surveying the community and, and coming to basically the understanding that the social distancing guidelines are not going to change uh, before we need to get things in order for graduation. So we're proceeding with a different plan. Um, you know, and I think just like we've heard from from uh from ed and from george that you know we're we don't know what's going to be happening in august um you know if if the piaa or the state of pennsylvania or montgomery county says hey go ahead then and we're in that heat acclimation period then what's good is the teams can proceed business as usual i think the issue is going to be from a spectator standpoint is it just parents is it nobody? Um, you know, it would be nice to have a local radio station to cover games if there were <laughs> <laughs> nobody in the stands. But, uh, you know, um, so so that's I think the the wild card right now. My my feeling is that you know we hopefully will have between the lines a normal football season. Um, it's just outside the lines. I think things are still going to be a little bit different. Ed and Ed and uh, George and, and Kyle. I, I guess question I have is: um, Do do you guys? You talk about the the value that football has, and I can't imagine what a school atmosphere would be without football in the fall. Um, you know, I, I, is that the biggest thing? I mean, obviously, there's the health concerns you got away, but there's also like the concern of you want to give these kids the best possible experience going forward here. And if you don't have something for them to do, that's not in a classroom, you could lose kids easily. Couldn't you? Go ahead, George, you can take this one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like I was saying earlier, um, Friday nights are are about our community and it doesn't matter if we're having a one in 10 season or if we're on a roll and we're eight and oh, 
you know, Friday nights in Quakertown, our, our stadium is packed and, and it doesn't, you know, like I said earlier, it doesn't really matter whether you're a true football fan or not. You're going there um, to be a part of the community and, and go see each other. And, you know, it, it's an event, um, you know, so if we don't have that and, and Ed, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like, if we're having a bad season, our school morale is a lot lower than if we're rolling and we're, you know, having a good season. Um, and, and unfortunately, you know, that burden is on our shoulders as a football program of how that school year is going to go, um, depending on how our season goes. Football, football definitely sets the tone for the atmosphere in the building. I think the culture, the culture and, and the vibe that you get every day when you walk through the halls is so different if you're five and two than you are when you're two and five. Totally different. Do you think it's tied into whatever happens with college football in the NFL? Sadly, yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you know, they're going to start doing things without fans at first. And uh, you know, hopefully, you know, this thing will subside enough or, you know, they'll come up with something scientifically that's going to allow us to, uh, to start being around human beings again. That's what, that's the biggest hope we have. Yeah. I just saw what Iowa, the president opened up, uh, that their athletes are allowed to come back this, uh, starting next week. Right. I mean, it's, it's going to be a question obviously with the, with those, you know, there's so much money in the college game, especially, it's tied in the spectators. I don't know if it's going to, they're going to have to get a bill of health from the department of health to let people in. So, Hey, Kevin, can I ask the coaches a question? Go ahead, Dave. Have you had any of the recruits that are going away to college or scheduled to go away next year? Um, sort of second, uh, second guess it, or have something from the colleges saying, Hey, hold off to where, um, you know, they were supposed to start next year as a freshman or something like that. Any colleges say, Hey, hold off your plans right now. No, no, still. No. Our, our, our kids are getting their summer workouts um, starting okay. to trickle in for their colleges. So they're still planning as if there is a season scheduled to start in August and September. Okay. You know, uh, let, let's get to fun stuff. George, what, do you have a favorite memory over these last couple of years that, that you want to share right now? I mean, you know, we, we, we saw a lot of, of, good times for you guys with playoff runs and everything. Um, you know, kind of w- what has stuck out to you over the last, I guess, 10 years. Yeah. I mean, it, it always has to go back to like our, di- you know, first district playoff win. And then also that Thanksgiving win that year. Um, that was just a remarkable run that we had. And you guys were a part of that um, covering us, you know, and having us on the show and having, interviewed the players which to me that's that's so meaningful that you guys come out and take that time you know during the week to get those backstories of players and incorporate them into the games um but i you know those two games really um you know stand out for me and they're such a cornerstone of our program um here at quakertown and you know i'm a huge fan of you guys and and it it absolutely is heartbreaking um, not to see this move on somehow, some way. Eddie. Well, you know, you know, the, it's been, it's been a long haul for me. I remember, you know, my first indoctrination to the MPV was as an assistant coach over Penridge. And, um, and I you know, got to know a lot of the guys and got to get a feel for what it was like. And I really, I really got into it. 
And then when I came over to Satterton, I'd say the biggest thing that I've, that I've taken away is, is the coverage of the rivalry games. They're always the best. I mean, you know, we, we didn't play North Penn for years. Uh, we still haven't beaten North Penn for years, but, uh, but at, least we, at least we're playing them again. And uh, the year that we brought the game back, I think it was 2007, uh, just the atmosphere was great. It was just a neat thing, and it's something that should happen every year. And you know, Hopefully we'll get back to playing them again sooner or later, whether we – Know, realign the league again, or we just you know play them as a non-league game. We can't we can't lose the, that rivalry. Um, the 309 Bowl of Quaker Town, great rivalry. You know they're back in our league this year, so that's going to be great. And all those games with Penridge, you know, it's obviously a little personal for me, but we've had some some nail biters that went down to the last play with Penridge that have been just outstanding football games. So you know the the, the rivalry games, the traditional things, everything you guys do, uh, you know, for the kids too. I mean, you know. I remember the Saturday mornings coming in with Jim Church on the bench. I thought those were great. You know, the tribute you guys did, you know, for Ronnie Powell when he passed away. You know, it's just, you know, those are the special things. You know, Ronnie would be uh, be 31. This is his birthday Sunday. So it's just, you know, hard to believe how, you know, how things go. Did Jim, hey, Kev, I just, did, did, I, hold on. Can I, I, can I ask one sure. question? To, yeah, Ed? Hey, Ed, when, when you were doing on the bench on Saturday mornings, did, 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 did Church bring in donuts? <laughs> No, no, that's not surprising. Go ahead. We're going to find somebody. That gets yes. in broad We're going to find somebody. I just want to when say. I, because, I was on the, I was on the bench with, with church as a player. That's right. Yeah. Did he bring uh, donuts he, in there? Did there you was do no what, donuts there? My head coach, Steve Curley <laughs> took us to McDonald's first because he knew that there wouldn't be any food there for breakfast before <laughs> we knew. went to the show. And, George, were you on as a coach or no? Was Jim still doing the show? No, just as a player. But you know what I mean? Uh, that's so memorable. It's so funny. I have a cassette tape of that. And I had to find a cassette player to, to actually let my kids uh, listen to the interview as, you know, when I was a player on, on the bench with Jim Church. And then fast forward, you know, all those years. And then you guys have Logan, my son, and myself yeah. on, you know, for a podcast. Like those things are just, you know. Their memories for years and years to come for us, you know. Kev, I have to reveal here for the first time that when I would go visit Ed or George with Kyle, I asked the I asked the softball questions, and then they got into football talk. So I just make that clear, you know. I let Schwam do all the heavy lifting with the football talk. That's not surprising. <laughs> it's not. This I know. This is not a. And I told you I don't want to turn this into a backslapping. You're great. You're a wonderful show. But I just got. I want to thank these two guys. Um, it's been a pleasure starting with the August visits, you know, coming out and hanging out and throughout the season, both of you guys have been great to all of us that have been out there to me specifically. I, you know, I'm going to miss hanging out with Ed and, you know, just Ed gave us and Kyle will vouch, you know, whatever time we needed, however long we need it. Uh, George was the same way. I'm going to miss not give the opportunity to bring George corn in the summertime, but, uh, and I do want to thank George and Quakertown for letting us in their press box. Just want to let people know that. So, yeah. Yeah. We didn't, they didn't big time us. <laughs> I'm just, no, I'm just leaving it at that. That's yeah. all. Did we, did we not let you in our press box? No, no, somebody else you did. did. Uh, so you, 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 you did. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I could have said that a different way. Now, you guys, that was you, a, both you guys have been great. I'm going to miss the summer visits, man. I'm going to miss out there and stand and talk in football. That, that was, that was Thanksgiving. Uh, uh, Ed. We'll leave it at that. Okay. We'll leave it at we'll that. It at we'll that. Just, we got pushed out for somebody else. Ed yeah. and uh, George, thanks for joining us. Uh, we appreciate you hopping on here. Hopefully, we see you guys in the fall somewhere along the line here. 
Absolutely. Thanks for having us, guys. Yep. Thanks, guys. George Fennis and Ed Gallagher. And thanks so much. We are we are going to start the second portion uh, or the next portion of this. One of the things that made the scoreboard show special was the group of writers we had that uh, joined us, Jeffrey. Oh yeah. And uh, joining us right now uh, in one of the corners, uh, we're going to have a couple coming in because we already. I saw Biteman, uh, Jeff Biteman earlier. Yeah, he's coming back on, so I will be okay. streaming him in here. Uh, is Mike still? Are you going to open up the mics a little bit to ha- let everybody uh, maybe ask a question if they want to? Sure, we can do that. Um, yeah. Hey, Travis is sitting yeah. there. He's nice yeah. and patient. Yeah. Dave Collins, he asked an intelligent question. Unmute all. All participants are unmuted. So Look, at the, the best-looking man in the queue just popped in right there, bottom right. Who's that? Mike Sielski. Yes, Joining us now from the Inquirer, the sports columnist who was part of the initial surge of this thing. It's Mike Silski. Michael, how are you? Hi, Kev. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, by the way, you are in the Jim J. Bullock block on my screen here. So if it, <laughs> if it matters. I'm the secret square. Yes, you are. Uh Mike, I, I guess, you know, you you were covering the CB West teams when we started this whole adventure. Uh, and your first year, uh, that year was actually eventful. Um, what was it like covering it back then? I mean, obviously you covered Super Bowls and World Series and everything since then. But what was it like those early years covering West? The saying we used to have in the uh, intelligence or newsroom. Um, was that as far as Doylestown was concerned, there were five professional sports teams in the Philadelphia area. (laughs) The Eagles, the Phillies, the Flyers, the Sixers, and the CB West football team. Um, So it was was a great experience. Um, I look back on those years. I started, my first season was 1998. Uh, I see Dan Morehouse in the corner there. Hi, Dan. Um, Good. Um, You know, and that team to this day, remains the absolute best high school football team I've ever seen. They went 15-0. and 0. They were challenged in one game, one time, by North Penn in a rainstorm and beat them 13-12. Other than that, they stomped every team they, they faced. They won the state championship game 56-7, to 7, and the 7 was an anomaly. <laughs> um, it, was, uh, it was unlike, you know, anything I had seen sports-wise up to that when I was 23-24, and it was a lot of fun to be, to be part of that community um, and to see what high school football meant to Doylestown and Central Bucks community and then the surrounding communities in Bucks and Montgomery County was, was great. Also joining us here is Ed Kratz, uh, who for years was at the Intel, uh, was the wrestling writer, was a football writer, was the Eagles writer for a long time, and now is at USA Today, or I'm sorry, at Sports Illustrated uh, as part of their network. Ed, how are you? And we were mentioned about how in the early years, how those CB that Mike was covering the CB West teams, you had a lot of Pemridge at that point, and it was the Jeff the Jeff Hollenbach years, and how good they were. Was that the Intel? Uh, was the wrestling writer? Was a football writer? Yes, Ed. Ed might be on delay. Ed is on delay. I'm on delay. Sports Illustrated. Oh, this is where WNTV mistakenly put the seven second delay. That's Sorry. right. <laughs> Um, what was it like for you covering those, uh, those teams, uh, back in the day? Yeah, I I have a, I have a major delay. It's hard to, um, hard to, yes, I can hear my own voice, which is really (laughs) scary. 
Uh, Ed, I'll come back to you, okay? All right. Hey, Mike, question for you, because you and I met on the sidelines of a high school football game. You went on to accomplish great things, writing the books, writing now for the Inquirer through, uh, you know, going through New York and everything. How much of covering the high school game trained you for what you're doing now, and how different are the two? Oh, it, it trained me incredibly well. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's more difficult to cover a high school sporting event of any kind uh, than a professional or major college sporting event. Um, you know, there's a, there's a story at the Enquirer that, uh, that may or may not be true. It may be apocryphal, but we like to tell it anyway about, um, a certain former writer at the paper <laughs> who, uh, who shower and may nameless, but whose initials are Stephen A. Smith <laughs> <laughs> went to cover a high school game once and wondered who was going to provide him the stats. And, you know, you, you don't, get provided stats at a high school football game unless you're in Hershey and it's the 4A championship. And even then you're, you're lucky, lucky if that happens, yeah. you know, you're standing on the sideline um, and keeping your own stats and you're standing out there in the rain and the snow or whatever the case may be. And um, once you do that, and once you have to try to coax uh, intelligent and insightful responses from 15, 16, 17, 18 year old kids, um, that, that is great training ground for anything you might go beyond that. And I, I do think that it, the other aspect of it too now is, and it's kind of a regret I have, Jeff, is that I look back at that time and as much as I enjoyed it, I was probably too gung ho about it in some ways. Like I, I think, I feel like I look, I look back and I feel like I came in, like I was going to be the, you know, the Woodward or Bernstein of the high school beat. And, you know, I probably treated it a little too seriously at times, um, and should have had should have kept certain things in perspective about it. By the same token, um, you know there were big stories there that had to be covered from a journalistic standpoint, and and to be able to do that at the Intel with the group that we had, the writers that we had, the editors that we had, uh, it was an, it was the best training ground I could have asked for. Jordan, how and Kevin, you can answer this too. What did the backlash feel like when you wrote something and then you were kind of raked over the coals by parents and fans on from a high school level? Um. You know, in some ways it was harsher than what I get now from pro sport, from pro athletes, um, because you're assumed to be part of the community. There is this kind of unspoken, um, I guess, assumption that, okay, we're all in this together. You know, you cover CB West or CB East or Penridge or Quakertown, and, and we're all kind of here for the same reason. And there were times, a lot of times that was the case, but a lot of, there were times where it wasn't the case. Um, I can remember you know, writing a story about a girls basketball coach getting fired to East and, um, you know, all the, the parents were up in arms because, um, I wrote that there was a conspiracy to oust him and a, a mother got on the phone with me and said, Hey, you know, why are you writing this? All we did was uh, have a bunch of parents get together and express our opinions that this man shouldn't be the coach anymore. And I said, ma'am, that's a conspiracy. That's kind of the definition of it, you know? Um, so it was, there was give and take, you know, both ways, what was, but it, it could be tough. It could be a challenge. Was one of those coaches, uh, one of those parents named Putin, uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, joining us now, we got Ed Kratz back. Ed, can you I hear me? I see Ed, but I see JB. Can Ed hear me? I can hear you, Kev. All right. And I don't hear myself yeah. back. Also, <laughs> Jeff Biteman is joining us. He was the executive sports editor of the Intel and the Courier Times for uh, 20 years, well, in some form uh, for 20 years. Jeffrey, how are you? I'm doing well, 
Kev, thanks. And yeah, I was. That would be uh, 23 years. 23 years. Wow. And Drew Markle is there somewhere in here. Drew? I think Drew's on the treadmill. No, uh, <laughs> Drew, Drew has actually turned it over to his stepson, Declan, who Declan. actually worked in our office for one oh, year. Drew, 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 you're back. And you haven't been unmuted yet, have you? No, now he's connecting. Now he's connecting. Okay. Hey, Ed, or let me start with Jeff and then I'll go back to Ed. Hey, uh, Jeff, when we came up with the idea for the show, when, when you and Mr. Nolan first talked, what was the initial uh, thought? Um, you know what? It's funny because I felt pretty good about it. I had come, I had moved to Montgomery County and started at the Intel, and I had moved from Chester County, and they had a station out there, WCOJ. So I grew up with high school football on Friday night and high school football on Saturday afternoon covered on the radio. So it was great to come out here and just from a personal standpoint, have there be a WNPP. You know, I lived in the North Penn School District, so that was really cool. Um, and you always kind of thought that there was something more that we could do uh, with, a, with a, a way to broadcast what we were doing from a print standpoint and to get some people out and, and on a radio, on a, on a multimedia type platform. And Jeff had a, had a really good idea, and I thought it really meshed well with what we did on a Friday night, you know, from September through, you know, some of the state championship runs all the way into December. So I thought it worked out really well. And the, the trick was, like, the benefit we had in those early years was no Saturday paper. And then, of course, right. in the later years, no Saturday paper. In the middle, we had a Saturday paper, which caused a deadline issue uh, to some degree. But you didn't seem too concerned by that. No, I didn't because actually I thought it was really good and it was a way for, I mean, obviously there's benefits to the, to the radio station, but benefits to us are giving all of our reporters an opportunity to, to get out and, and be out on, on the radio airwaves, you know, for people to see that they're, Hey, they're more than just a reporter who's in the stands, who's there on the sidelines, wherever they are, you know, that they have a lot to say. And quite frankly, I also professionally, I loved hearing the unfiltered, you know, five minutes after the game ended, what everybody really thought about what happened. Um, I, I know that created some pretty good radio for you guys. It also yeah. created pretty interesting situations for you guys. Yeah, you had but a couple, to me, that made it kind of fun. It made it really fresh. You had a couple headaches of some guys who, and I'm, we're not going to name names. Uh, well, yeah, okay. I got, I got phone calls. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Yeah, I got a phone call. I mean, hey, it was part of the gig. You know, there were there were some people who were very unfiltered, I think is a good way of putting it. And JB, you, when, JB, when you would do, hand out assignments, would you think uh, maybe a best reporter would go to a certain game that was big because it's going to be on radio, translated onto radio? Did that go into any of your decisions? Yeah, it did sometimes. I can't say it was the overriding decision, but there know, was... I couldn't convince you, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I know we did go back and forth with that. Yes, we did. Um, but yeah, it did. It did. Um, you know, if there was a big game and, and obviously, you know, people who were getting the big games, you know, were, were the lead high school guys. And I had a whole lot of confidence in them and how they would handle games. And, you know, one of the things that we always had to work out too between the newspaper and the radio was your, your audience and the, the geography at radio was just a little bit different than what we had at the paper. Right. So we kind of had to, there was, there was some uh, compromises that had to go on. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Ed, you're, uh, you were usually Mr. Pemridge at that point. Uh, a lot of Hollenbach, a lot of, you know, um, yeah. 
but I mean, you had your own little share of drama on that beat as well. Um, just talk about what those years were like for you. Well, that's the school district I live in. Like Jeff lives in the North Penn school district. I live in the Penridge and I became very well acquainted with their uh, band's theme song. That I would come back to the office and I would be, you know, I would get that thing going and Sealski would always, you know. I'm still trying to find that song on iTunes, Ed. I swear, I'm still trying to find it. Uh, yeah, but that was just a <laughs> That was just a song that would stick in my head. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I love doing it and, you know, talking about when this whole thing hatched. I mean, I there was a brief couple minutes when I thought, man, this, this sucks. It, I mean, this is just one more thing we're going to have to do is now we got to And we're not getting paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> but you got, you, you got your phone bills or something reimbursed the first couple of years or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the early on. Early on, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. And then 2000 hit. Check, I yes, I yes, Kyle, that But I love, you know, after those few minutes of resistance that I initially had, I kind of came around to thinking, you know, this is this is pretty cool. You know, you can call in right after a game. And, you know, the games, sometimes they weren't close and they were blowouts and it was kind of a struggle to talk about, uh, you know, what unfolded. But, you know, when you had the exciting game and it came down to the wire, a handful of plays, it was like, you know, it was so exciting to talk about with somebody that could appreciate that. And then that kind of helped you get your thoughts together as to what you wanted to write and how you wanted to kind of frame your story. So uh, I, I love doing it. I enjoyed the heck out of doing it. I wish I could have done it longer. Um, but, man, it was it was really a great, great time. For Ed and Mike, since you both ended up going on the cover of professional sports, um, you know, full time. Did it help you when I mean, you know, there's other interviews that call in. Did it help you on what not to do? on a professional radio station or television outlet, kind of what you learned doing our reports. Go ahead, Ed. I think it was great practice, you know, to, uh, to kind of organize your thoughts in kind of a hurried fashion. And, um, you know, it was really kind of a good launching point to, to being able to talk on the radio or, or what have you. But, um, you know, I, I think that was a good training ground for sure. And, uh, I will say one of the benefits of doing it was I never got any call. I, I don't get any calls from like Carson Wentz's mom or somebody's mom <laughs> isn't happy about what a story, what you wrote about their kids. So, you know, there is that added benefit of doing the pros over the, over the high school. Mike. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely helped. I mean, we were doing back then what, you know, in some ways people do now. I mean, the, the differences are what the differences are. I mean, we, you know, for a long while we didn't have a Saturday paper, um, so you had this time to go back and do the work and craft your stories and nobody was going to find out. There was a period there where nobody was going to find out who won a game on a Friday night unless they, unless they listened to the game on WNPV, if it were on, or if they picked up the paper on, on Sunday morning. So, I mean, obviously a lot has changed since that time, but it was, you know, it, it was what we do now in a lot of ways. And the fact that, you know, you had to come on the air, you were aware that people were listening, you were aware that people wanted to hear what you had to say and you needed to be professional in how you did it. Um, you know, I, I mean, that's what you do now. If, if, you know, you go on a talk show and want to discuss Jalen Hurts versus Carson Wentz or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, I agree hundred percent with what Ed said. It's really no different. I mean, it's, you, you have to be aware that people are listening and you have to carry yourself like a professional. I always wondered if that was like a jumping off training ground, you know, what we did and the guys moving up, Ed and Mike, and even you, Kevin, for what you're doing. So oh, I was, I just talk. 
That's all I do. So I have a question for Ed. So well, Ed, so we also got Drew and Todd here, by the way. So okay, well, I, they've oh, come on. Let me ask Ed real quick. Let me ask Ed real quick. Ed, so when you're done talking post game, say with an offensive lineman, do you then offer him technique advice based on your play with that powerful Phoenixville team? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love talking about the glory days, Jeff. You know, but I, I will say this: I see Kyle Berger over there, and I see Kyle on the wrestling circuit. I'm. Uh, I do some work as the head coach at one of the middle schools in Penridge, and I see Kyle. He officiates some of our matches, and and I try to tell him about the glory days, and you know, hopefully he'll give me a favorable call during the match. But it doesn't always have to work. Man, I think that was the leather helmet days. Yeah, <laughs> Kyle, do your eyes roll out of your head the way ours did when Ed started telling those stories? I gave him an immediate unsportsmanlike conduct. <laughs> <laughs> Unnoticed the rest of the match. <laughs> Uh, Drew Markle and Todd Thorpe are still at the paper and they were joining us. They were joining us day one through the final week last year. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing fine, Kev. Hope everybody's doing well. I am stunned you knew how to use Zoom. I really am. I, I yeah, you were the yeah, one yeah. I thought you would not have any shot of using this correctly. Yeah, before you go any further, my IT guy is home from school. Let's not kid ourselves. Okay. Hey, <laughs> what's happening, brother? Hey, Jeff, how are you? Um, so, so I had no idea how to use this, but Declan hooked me up. <laughs> and you'll never know how to use it again, probably, after this. Declan, was, Declan worked as an intern with us, remember? Yes, he did, exactly. Yeah. You, it's yeah. been uh, just a tremendous ride with doing it for, God, for 20 years. I mean, you know, for the longest time, you had Dan Morehouse carrying Jeff and then Jeff <laughs> carrying Kevin. <laughs> You know, I'm not sure who's carrying it, you know, who Kevin's going to carry. I was carrying Chick-fil-A into the office. That's about it. That was the toughest decision. Wawa or Chick-fil-A every night. Or both. I don't know. Um, Todd, I mean, you, you got sent to the lower bucks last year, uh, last couple of years, don't right? Don't make it sound like it's a punishment. <laughs> I, I love lower bucks. Um, but I mean, we made we we wanted to have you on a lot because just it was we always enjoyed going down to the Neshaminy and Pensburys and all that, and and there were some real great storylines down there the last couple of years, obviously with Ben Salem and Truman and and all that. Um, just talk about what what it's been like for you the last couple of years, uh, kind of at that new area. Todd's muted. Todd is muted. Hold on here. I will unmute him. You are on mute. Go ahead. All right. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah. But uh, as you were saying, um, Lower Bucks is different. It's it's a it's a definitely the more community feeling and people to the I think Todd, we're having. Some, I've enjoyed it. Todd, I think we were having some issues there with your signal. Uh, yeah, are you still there? like our uh, first or second week way back in the beginning? <laughs> no, we okay now? Yeah, we're good now. Yeah. All right. Well, like I said, it was, it was, it's been interesting. It's been enjoyable, you know, just covering new schools, new territories. And, and as I found out that the people down there, once you start covering them, they know exactly who you are. Like there's no, there's no, there's no going into a game where the coaches or even the fans don't know who you are. The assistant coaches know who you are. Everybody knows who you are. Because it means something now. It's really, it definitely takes on a different feeling. Not that it didn't in Upper Bucks and Central Bucks. No, I think it does. But it's just a little different. Drew, obviously you're a Nishamini guy, but I mean, you've been up this way for forever. 
Um, yeah, I'm calling you old. Um, how, how much have you, how much have you seen change within the landscape of, of the area in the last decade or so? Uh, Kev, I don't know how much the kids do really change. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's still football. I mean, there's, there's more turnover amongst the coaches than there used to be, but that, that's kind of across the board with, you know, with high school sports, but you know, it still means a lot. I mean, the big games, you know, are get the big crowds, you know, you know, there are times you'll go to a game and you, you know, you won't see much of a crowd and you kind of shake your head, but when it, you know, when it's a, an important game, you know, the people show up and, you know, they're still into it. And they, you know, the, you know, a couple of schools, I think like, like a school like Quakertown, I mean, their student section, you know, is unbelievable. Every year, you know, regardless, you know, good, bad, or, you know, half decent team, those, those kids are there. So, you know, I, I would say it's been pretty consistent. It's still pretty good. I think over high school football. Uh, I should point out to Jeffrey before he starts breaking down the sweats. Uh, joining us now uh, is the former head coach, state championship head coach at Neshaminy High School. Uh, was that <laughs> was, was that uh, Hapro Horsham last year? Back at Imhotep now was also an assistant coach at LaSalle. It's Mark Schmidt. Mark, how are you? Good guys, how we doing? Oh, we're great. Uh, All good, Mark. N- Nolan, Nolan, go ahead, fan yourself. Go ahead. No, yeah. I just I'm fine. Thank. I haven't. I want to compliment JB though. Because when JB and I got together and he would give me the list of writers. And for the most part, it was spot on. We were joking earlier. Sometimes if there was a big game, I'd say, can I get somebody to go here? You were talking to Todd about going to lower bucks. The past couple of years, I would get that list on a, Drew would send it to me on a Wednesday or whatever. And I would see Todd Thorpe, George School, Jenkintown. <laughs> and I'm like, what am I doing with this? What am I going to do with this game, okay? Maybe Pensbury's playing somebody, or maybe Ben Salem's off to a good start or whatever. I get Georgetown and Jen- George School and Jenkintown. So if you had Georgetown, that's, off, a, that's a news event. That's a George School. But game's you know, the same. There you go. Game's, game's the same. You can't be, can't be dissing <laughs> on the George School. That's <laughs> Mark, I'm not dissing, but for radio, maybe not so much interest. Oh, okay. Uh, I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to the right, to our writer friends, uh, thank you. Uh, and you know, obviously, as a colleague, I miss all of you. Uh, you guys were huge on this show, and even better as friends. So I want to want to say that. Yeah. Don't get weepy, yeah. Kev. I'm Irish. I'm going to get weak at some point. (laughs) And from my point of view, just thank you guys for contributing. And I hope you guys were showing the respect you guys deserve from all of us at the station. Oh, there's never a doubt about that. Yeah, very much so. Hey, you know what I did? You could have treated me better, Jeff. (laughs) No, listen, Mike, this is the first interview you've done that somebody didn't start Remember that article you wrote about Mike and my family? I, mean, I didn't write. Heard. Stop it. With, I never wrote anything about those kids Whatever. who stole the beer. It Every never happened. I'm going to get off this line and start yelling at Jeff. David, we have to rehash this all over again. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm the first one to even start an interview with that who's associated with <laughs> yes. God bless you, Nolan. God bless you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Good gentlemen. Book, by the way. Right. Hey, uh, you know what I did? Can, can I say one thing before we go? Sure. Go ahead, Jeff. Uh, it's great that we're all here and, and all the contributions that everybody made. But I think one of the things that we need to look at when we talk about the show and the success of the show and of high school sports, especially in this area with the football program, is think about 
how lucky we were to cover teams like Central Bucks West, North Penn, Lansdale Catholic, Neshaminy. I mean, we for our small little geographic area, all the teams that we had that either won state championships or made deep runs, and quite frankly, had people who cared about those teams, and when they cared about those teams, where did they go? They wanted to hear about it on the radio. They wanted to read about it in the newspaper. You know, that I think that really made a big difference and really helped the success of the show move along as it did. I agree. Here, I agree. here, here. And it, it makes me remember of a com- conversation JB and I had. I don't know if you remember this. As you know, I'm big on the Chamonix, Pensbury, and Lower Bucks, right? I say to him one day, I say, hey, JB, I said, how do you think some of those good in Chamonix, Pensbury teams would fare against Central Bucks West? JB says, they wouldn't stand a chance. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, and let's, not everybody smart. Hey, yeah, just okay. telling the truth. So, so <laughs> let's let's get to one of the head coaches of a great Nishamani team. Mark, uh, what has it been like for you? Uh, Wait, is Jack Swartz here? I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Oh, uh, we're going to, we're going to have a hang up here, aren't we? Um, Mark, what's it like for you right now? Obviously with everything kind of put on hold. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really technologically challenged and, um, and I, I've kind of, with this whole thing, I've had to, I've, I think I've been on averaging eight zoom meetings a week. <laughs> Just got off the quarterback meeting to get on this meeting with our guys. So, you know, it's, uh, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's interesting, you know, preparing, you're doing like lesson plans, you're teaching a class, kids are all, you know, everybody, you get hundred percent attendance and, you know, you're, you get excited by the way that they care as much as what they do that, you know, Devin Johnson is the new head coach down there. Devin was a guy that I, that I asked to come on when I, when I went down with Albie to, to help me coach the defense and he's become the D coordinator and head coach there. And it's, you know, he, he's done an absolutely tremendous job this year, just cranking the kids back up academically and everything. And um, so, you know, I, I, my, my wife went and got a new dog. So we got a third, a three-year-old who's, who's freaking out because she's done, you know, she's spoiled. And I got a, you know, an, an eight week old bull mastiff who thinks she runs the house. And it's so, you know, so we're dealing with that too. So there's a whole lot of crap happening here, but uh, you know, we got to, it's, it's trying time. You just want to make sure people stay healthy and stay safe. Jeff or Kyle? Huh? Oh. <laughs> no, no. Jeff, Kyle, either one of you have a question? Well, I Go just ahead, want to say, hey, Mark, it's, uh, it's good to see you. Uh, it's been a while Thanks, since we've spoken. What's up, man? But, uh, you know, I, I just want to say that, you know, over the years, um, you know, when Jeff and I would prepare for those North Penn to Chamonix games, it was always fun to kind of go down and watch the end of practice and then kind of come back into the the war room with you and your coaches. And it was, it was fun, not so much for the, the content we would get in a, in an official interview, but just the, the hang was great. Um, and, and those are the memories that I really have over the years. Um, so I just want to, you know, let everybody know that, um, you know, whatever, perception that you know they have of of any of the coaches that we talk to um just you know man to man it was just a lot of fun learning so much about the game talking to you and and your staff and uh you know you you talk about just a class program top to bottom uh when you were in the Chamonix and uh you know we as much as as Jeff beats the drum for the rest (laughs) you know we, we all secretly we're, we're rooting for you guys a lot of times. And it was always, it always seemed inevitable that it was going to be North Penn and the Chamonix at some point in the postseason, And we always 
looked forward to those broadcasts. Well, you know, and, and guys, having you guys get up in the box and, you know, they try to find a spot for you guys to go in there and, and do your thing. You know, that just added when we knew you guys were coming, we knew it was an important game. And, um, you know, what, what you guys, you know, this not, this not moving on, uh, uh, this kind of being a, you know, Hey, thanks for everything kind of a, of a, of a meeting. Uh, is a little depressing because, you know, I, I think you guys did a, a really good job of promoting high school football in general. Our guys knew when you guys were practiced, it was going to be, you know, it was going to be on the radio and, you know, we had our local guys, but then when, you know, it became an important game. And of course, sure. you know, playing any team that Dick Beck coached was, was great. And we had some fun matches. There weren't many of them that, you know, that, that uh, were, were clunkers and uh, we've had some of the good ones and we've been, Fortunate to be on a cup on the on the good side of things, and then they've been on the good side of things. They're more than their share. So, Mark, you know. were they the standard you measured up against? Yeah, like- sure. I mean, you know, listen, um, you know, when, when Coach Patton resi- you know, retired, and you know, and then Mike took over that year, and then you know, then then Randy came in, and, but and then you know, when Mike went over to with Dick, and that, that and. Dick always had it going that way, and Junior had it going that way. So, I mean, there was a lot of carryover, and we knew we had to play a really tough, aggressive team that uh, that played well and executed well. And, you know, so it, from day one, from the first day of the week for prep, we knew it was a – we had our hands full. And we, when we had a good team, we were excited to play the game. Hey, Mark, uh, I'll piggyback what Kyle said. Week 10, we were always on the same page. I'll just tell you that as far as Neshaminy was concerned. <laughs> uh, just we'll leave that there. You've, uh, since leaving Neshaminy, you've moved around a little bit. People, I don't think, understand what a coach has to go through, parents, fans, whatever. What goes into your decision whether you're going to coach or if you're going to think about coaching? You know, I, I think for me um... – you know, I, I'm, I, 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 this is what I kind of feel like I do for a living. I mean, I taught phys ed and everything and it was a blast and I had a great time and would work with some great people, but you know, I felt that the support that, that was above, above me in the school was, is vital. And, um, cause I mean, I was so blessed to have such good coaches. I mean, geez, you know, Steve taking over now what he's done and Neil and Jay Weidenball, Neil French, Jay Weidenball, Dave Ferreira. I mean, you know, we've had Roger Grove on the staff. Tommy Coates came on board with us. I mean, we had guys that, and uh, um, Biz Keeney came on board. Now they got Kevin Kelly. I mean, you know, it's a fun place to go work because the kid, we, you know, the standard's good. The weight program is, you know, established and kids want to be a part of it. But, you know, to have that support above you, to feel like people had your back. And I think that was, you know, at at the end of it, that wasn't the case. And then, um, you know, um, I really wasn't interested in sticking around because, you know, I I do things a certain way. And that's, I wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, I wasn't, uh, if I did something that wasn't looked behind correctly, I didn't want to change, you know, my name or or hurt anybody else, my, my family or whatever. So I said, well, I'll just step aside. And then, you know, things happened for a reason. Drew called me and that was great. And then all of a sudden Drew retired. And then uh, I'm, I went, I go down to the MOTEP and now B offers me a job and with a great group of kids. And, you know, I, I, I was dying last week on the draft because three of the kids were in it. So, I mean, it's a, it's a great, you know, there I was my, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't eat for two days caring about them. Cause they're like, when they're home, they're at our house having, 
having dinner. So that's what I care about, you know, and, and uh, so it sounds like I'm rambling here. I don't want to do that. But, you know, my gosh, I mean, it's all about the kids. And if you don't care about the kids as an administration, then I don't want to be a part of where you're at. Mark, you talk about caring about the kids. You've also now taught and coached in different atmospheres. Obviously, the public league is different than Suburban sure. One and the Catholic League and all that. Have you had to adapt your style because of the kid you have, or do you feel like the kids adapt to you eventually? Listen, you know, and that 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 to me, I think we've had this conversation before, Kevin. I mean that 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 whole thing is a myth. Kids are kids. I mean, they they smell you. If you know what you're talking about and you show them you care. It doesn't matter if you're coming out of a $2 million house or you're coming out of a place that's not very nice. They will, they will attach themselves to you and then they'll, they'll love you to death. And, you know, you, you kick them in the tail when things aren't right and you hug them, you hug them when they're good. And, you know, and you, and you show them you care and, you know, and you come, you show up every day and organize and you give them that, you know, consistent feedback. They thrive on that stuff. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, and that's, that's, that's my biggest blessing is, is, you know, I, I, you know, every Christmas, Easter, you know, those are the big vacations, Father's Day. They remember my birthday. I got people, you know, that's what that's what makes me happy. Not not the not the gold ball that's in the trophy case or or any of that kind of crap. It's it's just the kids that, that have gone on and just done well and are happy to you know, that you know that maybe maybe football at, at that school was a part of them getting better as a human being. Kev, real quick, you know this, and I'm just gonna what Mark said is so true. And I reminded Mark, he doesn't remember making the comment to me. I first started in this 25 years ago. I think it was Mark's first year. And Mark said to me, he goes, we're not building football players. We're building young men for life. That has stuck with me the entire time in doing this job. And I think about it every time when I ask somebody a question or talk to somebody to realize what we're dealing with. And that's, that's kids. You know, I, I really think people get pretty analytical and, you know, you guys ask good questions and you have to ask those hard questions and you have to ask questions that might have some layers to it. And I get all that, you know, and in today's time, you know, the, 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 the information comes back to people so quick with all these FaceTimes and Twitters and tweets and stuff that happens and stuff. But, you know, when you get to the core of it, you know, when you look at the teams that have success, I mean, Dick, Dick has done what he's done for so many years because he has a connection with these kids. You know, and, you know, you look at what Mike did when he was there running the show. You know, he had a great, you know, and Dick's got a couple real good lieutenants working for him. Mike had a couple real good lieutenants. He had, he had Kerry, he had the Holmans, he had those guys. I mean, and that, and that, that crew took the, picked these kids. I had all those guys I had, and, you know, and I'm just naming them. And there's other guys that have had good success too. And if you look at what they've got, they've got a group of guys that stuck together and put, took the time to show these kids they cared. And, you know, that's, that's how you buy in because, you know, football's, football's hard. Um, we are hoping, by the way, uh, Dick Beck is trying to join us here. Uh, hold on. This may be him actually now. So, uh, Jeff, can you ask another question while I get this on? Well, let's He's uh, on Yeah, the you station. know, just a, a absolutely ridiculous question. I, I actually always remember. I think we got yes, Dick coming yeah. on here, too. So uh, He's on a golf course. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> Dick, how are you? Where's your mask? <laughs> uh, Dick's audio is connecting. Go ahead, Kyle. All right, so Mark, I was just going to ask. I remember every time that we would have a Nishamity game, I'd you know at some point 
just mentioned you on the sideline, describe you, you know, what you're wearing. You always had the towel. When did that start? And is it the same towel every week or is it a new towel every week? What's that tradition? It did kind of, it did, it kind of got, I'm a, I'm a pretty superstitious guy, but one day it was, we played a game and it was just God awful hot and something, I don't know if I had, if I had uh, some sunscreen on, it was a scrimmage and I just, and I had, a, I threw it over my shoulder and I was just wiping my face with it because I, it, my eyes were just stinging. I couldn't see a thing. And that was actually a pretty good scrimmage. And I said, all right, well, this is pretty cool. The first game was hot. So I brought a towel and I wiped my face with it and the quarterback wiped his face and we got, you know, he played good and we won and okay, that's right. So we did it again. And that's kind of how it went. I'm not going to lie to you. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, it kind of became a, a deal where, you know, I'm not one of these guys who wears the same underwear, but I'll certainly throw the towel back. That's can... what they that's what the kids wanted. And then you know, that's what the quarterback said. Hey coach, you know, where's the towel? Because it's you know, and the one time I didn't have it, it was he was his hands were wet. I think he fumbled and I said, Well, we're not we're not gonna do that again. So he had one <laughs> half of the towel and I had the other half of the towel. That's how we did it. So nice. Pretty simple. Uh I think we're we Dick, are you there? Dick is not there. Okay. Chad, I, I want to point out, once we get Dick on the, uh, the broadcast here, between you, me, Dick, and Mark, we have two state titles between the four of us. Actually, Mark's, uh, Mark's got a couple with, oh, well, with Demotap, right? Yeah, that's right. You, that's right. As, as, uh, yeah, you know. Hey. Uh, how competitive were you on individual matchups, like against Beck and all that? Listen, you know, I, I, that was one thing. I mean, we always knew if we played North Penn – we, if we weren't in the same league, when we if we were playing North Penn, we're doing something right. Right, and um, that was always a cool part. But then the, the really cool part of it was a couple of years when we had that Power Ten thing going on, and you know we we had to play some really good teams. Yeah, Pensbury in that era, two thousand one, two thousand two, two thousand three, four. I mean, there were like there were like five years where it was you know you better hitch it up because Penridge joined us, West East, um, Pensbury, obviously. Penn Salem, you know, North Penn. Uh, now they're all split up in a couple different directions there. And and, uh, oh, and I think we had Soderton in there too, if I remember correctly. But it's just how it was. I mean, you know, but it was always fun. To, it was always fun to play these guys. But I, I worried about everybody. Yeah. I mean, shoot, didn't matter. Hello? Is that Mark Schmidt talking? That is Mark Schmidt talking. <laughs> it's Dick Beck talking now. Dick, how are you? I'm sorry, I just joined this. I, this Zoom thing can be a little confusing, so. But I knew I could hear that raspy voice of Mark Schmidt talking. <laughs> Shut up, Beck. Figure out your phone. <laughs> how uh, how'd you shoot today? <laughs> Looked like you were on a golf course when we saw you. So I shot. <laughs> I was I was a disaster early because the driving range was closed, so it was so wet you couldn't get in a driving range. So I shot. It's at forty six thirty eight, so it was it was a struggle early, but finished strong. How crowded was it? Oh, it's a mob scene. You know, you kidding me? <laughs> but they don't want anybody touching and going near each other. So okay, uh, with it was co- great. We were talking about the competitiveness of, of the Nishamani North Penn games. How was it from your standpoint? And, and, and when you guys matched up against one another, what was it like? I would say it was too competitive because we're used to like, so like in my career, I've been the head coach, I think about, you know, 
100 years or whatever. <laughs> so most of the teams we played, usually, if, you know, if I'm there 23 or 22 years, I don't know, we're like, we win like 19 and lose like three. Against the Chamonix, we were like 11 and 11. And that's the stuff that angered me because, you know, obviously, you know, the Chamonix like our biggest rival is we're playing against. It seemed like every time we were in the playoffs, here we go, we got to play in the Chamonix again. You know, and it's, it's you know, we expect when Mark was there, and, you know, it's a, it's, it's a tough win. <laughs> you're not going to show up and, and you're not, you can't overpower them. You can't outman them. You cannot coach them. Your guys have to play better than their guys. And it was, you know, it was always tough. Uh, so. Jeff, Jeff or Kyle, go ahead. I think, well, Swan, I, go ahead. I, I like to say one thing. Go ahead. Quick. Go ahead Mark. This is, this is one thing that, you know, and, and Dick will, when I say it, I'm sure he'll, he'll, he'll think it because I, I know in our, in our, all our games, we played each other and all those games, I don't know how many they are. Okay, you guys would know. There sometimes it was twice a season, whatever. I honestly don't think there was one personal foul in any game, and that's that's a true fact. I do not think we ever had one of our kids or one of their kids, you know, we ever ever had a personal foul where it was a behavioral issue in a game, late hit, you know, something. You just you know what's funny when Mark says that it's so true. That's literally what I was thinking about as we're talking. The the game was played hard, and look. I'm not, we're not saying the kids didn't like get in each other's faces and be aggressive, but there wasn't any of that extracurricular crap that you had to deal with where you're like rolling your eyes and like, would you stop? Stop acting like a jerk. Like the kids always played hard at the end of the game. You know what we did? We shook hands. Congratulations. If they won, congratulations. If we won, congratulations. It wasn't, it wasn't this nickel and dime petty crap that you had to deal with where sometimes there's other schools that you have to deal with that all the time. And it's, you know, it was, it was so refreshing. You know what I mean? Not, not that it made me feel better when we lost in the Chamonix. That didn't make me feel better. You know, we wanted to beat them as much as we wanted to beat anybody, but it was nice enough to see the kids, you know, everybody acted like, you know, competitors, you know, there was a lot of mutual respect, no doubt. Well, Dick, it's Kyle. 16 and a half years ago, we were in Hershey with your team, and uh, I had the the opportunity to, to ride the bus home with you guys, and we did a live video show, which still to this day is one of my favorite things we ever did. Um, I remember I think I had Chris Trebanis on, and we got his dad, Augie, on to talk to him back and forth as we're coming back from Hershey on the bus. Um, you know, do, how, how fresh are those memories still uh, from well, 2003 for I you? will tell you. So at that time, when I was when I was in high school, my brother moved to California. So, you know, we ran, we didn't really see it. We talked a lot, but we didn't see each other a lot. And my mom at the time, she was she was doing the winners in Florida. She does the winners in Florida, and she still talks about listening to my brother and I talk on radio as you were taking us. As we were driving back on the bus from Hershey, we did a live radio thing, and, and my brother had called in, and we had a whole conversation on the air. And she just says that was her favorite time because to listen to us talk and what an important part it was in my life and, and what a great moment it was to win the state championship. You know, she still talks about that to this day, no doubt. Jeff? 
I forgot all about it, to be honest with you. Uh, we did that. I remember well, the that's bus ride. Yeah. No, I mean, you work so long in this business, you just kind of forget things. And Dick reminding me of that the day after going dark, I'm sitting here getting like, you know, yeah. a little for a clump. But can I tell you my favorite Nishami North Penn moment? And it's not a specific play of the game at all. It's uh, – Go ahead, tell us. Okay, so thanks, Dick. So just don't be standing next to some plane. Don't be standing next to some plane. Um, the um, inside the joke interview in my car with the loud muffler. Right? <laughs> yes, the loud muffler. Right. He told me he was getting on a plane. Um, all right. So anyhow, so you beat Nishamani at home, Mark. I don't know how it happened, but you beat Nishamani at home. I had told you earlier that if Tim Ford interviews you after the game, he's wearing his Nishamni T-shirt underneath everything. And you guys tried to rip it off of him when you found out. <laughs> Poor Tim Ford, you tried to strip him down. Well, uh, well you, know, you realize Tim Ford and I played against each other in high school. Right, right. Yeah, you, Joe King, everybody. Joe King. Joe King played at Temple when I was at Temple. Yeah. yeah. The uh, greatest fame is getting uh, sacked by uh, Cortez Kennedy. That's and Mark Schmidt was the GA at Temple when I was at Temple. About that. What was that like? Uh, crazy. Crazy time. <laughs> I just got, was Jerry you – know, you know, Mark, look, was, you don't have enough time for this meeting. Mark, you don't Mark have enough Smith, time for this Mark show. Mark Schmidt's a little bit – Mark Schmidt's a little bit of a um, conspiracy theorist. <laughs> so when I first met Mark, Mark gave us gave me this entire um, conspiracy theory about CB West scouting Nishamani, <laughs> not not Nishamani, scouting Norristown. Right. When I wasn't even playing it at CB West, and right. that, about how how CB West was was scouting Norristown while he was at Norristown. Well, so, I mean, look, we, I was doing right. the whole thing. It wasn't a conspiracy theory. I mean, they, the, the, it was the, fact. The custodian caught two guys with CB West clipboards in the parking lot filming plays, drawing plays. Look, Other than that, it wasn't when, a conspiracy yeah. When you I start the story, I guess, when you I guess start the, the story, CB West clipboards at a, at a yard sale, right? Is that how it works? When I'm you, just saying. When you start the story with the custodian found, Everybody stopped listening after you said the custodian found. Nobody even paid attention to that. Okay. <laughs> Mark, was that Mark? Don't worry. Mark, was that under um, Bruce Arians? Roger Grove. I was a Roger. No, no, yeah, no, no, no. When you were at was, Temple. No, 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 that was Jerry Burns' first year. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah Jerry Burns. Yeah, yeah. Dick was Dick was the center. Yeah. All right. I'll yeah. I'll ask Mark and I'll ask uh, Dick questions. We asked Ed and uh, George Banis earlier. Uh, what What are your feelings about where? Is there going to be a football season in the fall? Here's my mantra. 100% there will definitely be a season. Whether it starts a little late or whatever, I think 100% there will be a season. Mark? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I certainly think so, and I hope so. Uh, you know, you're seeing some other states already saying that they're going to try to hang in there and figure this out. And, um, you know, I think the biggest you – know, Dick, you know, shoot being a head coach now. Uh, you know, me trying to help a new coach find, you know, get, he doesn't even coach the season yet. And he's, this got dumped in his lap and, you know, we try to get answers. I mean, when I know, you know, we know people in the, in the state deal and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, let me throw this question. Hey, Beck, what would you think about this though? Okay. 
Well, Good. you heard about this. Is. You heard about this because Ohio has put this out, and they're talking about a baseball in the in the fall, football in the spring. Ohio, and uh, I ran it by Franklin, and he said that he's heard it too. But it's out. PIAA apparently said no to it, but they might revisit it if there's a spike. But they're trying to think they can start this thing by towards the end of September. But what about a spring football season? For a year in Pennsylvania, uh, what, what do you guys think about that? As long as there is season, uh, I would I be in favor about. of that. Yeah, but I can't imagine they would say, "Okay, well, you can't play football in the fall, but you can play baseball." That would be well, to me. I would be like, "Well, like the the, the rumor that I heard was they're going to play league games and they're going to start in October, right. and there's going to be no state championships, which you know I think would would like break a lot of guys' hearts. I think everybody wants to be I think the playoffs are so important to everybody. And I'm hoping that if they're gonna start apparently the NCA is saying they're gonna start the second week in July of uh, June, saying, hey, they can start football activities in the Big Ten, the SEC, if they start doing that, I think that'll be a good sign for us. So and I agree, but I've also heard that they would scale down the playoffs instead of sixteen teams they go with eight. And try to finish it, you know. Try to keep it. Try to f- find a way to do that. Now that that would be kind of hard to find eight teams with a shorter season to, to qualify. Right. I don't know how they would do that, but they. Some people are saying they, you know, they. I guess like everybody's trying to act like they can make this thing work. They would like to try to. If this was a year not the, of any years to have a to have champions kind of prevail and give the football teams and you know all the fall teams a chance to have a championship, you know, winner kind of a thing. So there's some people pushing for that too. But Dick's right. I think everybody wants, you know, something. That, that's the, that, that has to happen. Has to. Let, let St. Joe's Prep play for a title in New Jersey. <laughs> I did well, Listen to me. I didn't hear anything after Dick Beck's right. As soon as you said that. <laughs> Gentlemen. Uh, he had me at Dick Beck is right. Let me tell you what. It doesn't matter where Dick Beck plays. They The cart girl wasn't working today, but let me tell you, Dick found a way to get himself some some, uh, some nourishment. Let's just say that. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. I know. I know. What do you no, mean I don't the cart girl? What I never that? know what I'm talking, talking about, about when I play golf with you. Right, Beck? All right. <laughs> Mark Schmidt and Dick Beck, gentlemen, uh, thank you for being so helpful for all of us. Yeah. I know Jeffrey wants to say that as well. I mean, every yeah, time sure. we called, you answered. Uh, hey, Dick. Hey, Dick. Can I come come over certain Tuesdays just to sit there around three o'clock and watch tape and talk football? Here's what we'll do. Here, and and I know a lot of people don't know what happens, you know. But when Jeff comes in. The first 10 minutes has to do with me complaining about a referee and showing him video on yeah. at on my yeah. uh, huddle about yeah. this referee screwed me here and this is what happened there and this is how we got and and you know Jeff's like oh, you're right that was the worst thing ever that's the you know I know he's not being honest with me but I know <laughs> and I know he's like playing to my ego but oh, it's yeah. nice enough that he sits there and listens and 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 pretends that it's interesting so i definitely do miss that and i will say honestly that your show on friday nights is the most listened to and 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 tuned in show of any of the coaches and the parents 
and the people that are really love high school football, what you guys did on Friday night was, I would say, was even better than what they do up in Allentown on the, um, the highlight show. The big I ticket. Think you got, what you guys do was – the big ticket was incredible. And, you know, it's, it's, it stinks that it's not going to happen anymore. But you guys have, have brought more entertainment and joy to families of the kids that they talked about and the teams that they talked about than you could ever imagine. I can tell you absolutely that's the truth. Dick and Dick and Mark, we appreciate it. Thank you very much, guys, for jumping in. And uh, here's hoping we'll see you both in the fall as we uh, move forward here. Thanks, thanks, guys. And the dovetail what Dick said, you know, Jeff, you know, that kid at George at George School, you know, you guys coming and doing his game. That's every bit as important as you doing the Chamonix. Well, oh, amen to that. So, amen to that. Know, I think you know that's. That's part of it, and you guys didn't – you didn't just stick stick around and go to where the big game was. You went to everybody, and you guys should be commended for that too. So, congrats. Thank, thank you. you for all your time. I appreciate it. Mark, Mark and Dick, thank you very much. You're welcome, guys. Thanks a lot. See you Take back. Take care, guys. All right, see you later. See, see you later, you. guys. Uh, Mark Schmidt and Dick Beck. Uh, how cool was that, guys? <laughs> just let there and sit them, let, listen, let them talk. And that's that's fun. right. I, I want to say it was the, the last time that Nishamani and North Penn played each other when, when Mark was coaching and, and Mark's maybe, still on I mean, the line, by the way. So you got to still on. My note that I wanted to lead the broadcast with was that we had two coaches who had combined to win something like 300 or 350 games. And just what a, what a treat it was to have those two guys lined up on the opposite side of the field against each other. Um, you know, and, and yeah, it's, it's great to do, you know, a, a week five game between a, a one and four team and a two and three team. But when you get into district playoffs and, and those, those two guys are lined up against each other, uh, there's a little extra juice in the broadcast. And that, that was always a, a fun I can time. always say though, Kyle, my last run in with Dick, I got his ass. So that's all I did. <laughs> I, and you got the yeah, last I word did. on this one, I too. Did. I did. I With that, I'm leaving. Goodbye. Andre <laughs> Pollard just scored another touchdown for the Chamonix. <laughs> Eight touchdowns. Was that the 54-point game? It was not pretty. Was, I think it was 35-7. Yeah. Okay. Our thanks to Dick Beck and Mark Schmidt for joining us on this uh, portion on the M of part one of our look at the scoreboard show uh, and kind of our happy hour. Uh, Mark and Dick, nice enough to join us. So was Ed Gallagher uh, and uh, George Bannis and Brian Hensel and the writers from the Intelligencer, Mike Silski, uh, Todd Thorpe, Ed Kratz, Jeff Biteman, and Drew Markle. Uh, part two is more of a freestyle. It's going to be uh, myself and Jeffrey and uh, Daryl Dobus and Dan Morehouse. And we'll start, though, with Bridget Algia. So that'll be on part two of this. And that is if you click over onto part two of the scoreboard show retrospective uh, that is now lined up. So for everybody here, I'm Kevin Cooney. Thanks for joining us. Hope to see you in part two.